Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ankylosing Spondylitis Reduce Your Pain podcast. It is awesome having all of you here today. My name is Sky Denton, and if you don't know me, I'm someone who healed from AS a number of years ago, maybe like five, six, something like that. And ever since then, I've been fascinated at the study of how I did what I did. What exactly the steps were that allowed me to start feeling so good. And the big reason why, like what my fascination comes from, is it so that I can help teach other people how to do the same thing. And it's something that Peter Winslow taught to me. And that is one reason why I've had him on the show so much. I really trust Peter's knowledge in this area. And he personally was one of the most significant players in in my life regarding AS and, and that's to a very, very, very large degree <laughs> and all positive. A lot of other people that impacted me and AS and my whole process with that disease, they weren't actually positive. They were trying to help, but they weren't actually helping. <laughs> so, so that's why it's so good having uh, one of my friends, associates, and certainly a mentor of mine, Peter, on the show. Today we talk about the, the confusion that comes from listening to a lot of different people when we're looking for advice and how it can just lead to kind of a heightened stress level. For example, when I was looking for all the answers I could find to help me get out of pain, I went and saw all the specialists, all the, all the best people I could find from lots of different modalities of health, acupuncture, chiropractic, massage. Um, I mean, just the list goes on. Supplements, Ayurvedic, naturopathic stuff, colon cleansing, um, therapy, different rheumatologists, plenty of different drugs. And it stressed me out in the long run because all of those people had something different to say about the cause. Some people said I had to heal my gut and that I had Klebsiella overgrowth. Other people said that that wasn't a thing at all and that it was actually a genetic disease. And just one thing after another just compounded into this confusion. So today we talk about why that didn't help on a physiological level, how that actually didn't help me create the inner peace necessary for my body and my nervous system, my brain to relax and let the body naturally come back into balance and do, do what it is always trying to do. And you've heard me say it before. Our body is always doing its best to heal. We just have to get out of the way. <laughs> and that is where finding that inner peace, trusting Peter, letting go of all the crap that everyone else told me I should be doing and following in the direction that felt best to me, that is where healing came from. Another conversation we talk about today is avoidance. And I get a lot of people on the phone and what I have found is that the people that are in a state of avoidance where they are avoiding a lot of different types of food like processed sugar or um, anything else, although they can be doing it because they want better health and they might be very disciplined in achieving that, there's nothing wrong with that. But the mindset that comes from thinking that all the things around us are toxic and poisonous and bad and wrong, that is what I wanna put a highlighter on today. And I did it for years, you guys. I did it for years of where I wouldn't do certain things. And it was out of this avoidance because I thought that all these things and people and foods were bad. <laughs> and I recognize now that that put me in a heightened level of stress. So where we can turn the dial on that down and turn up the dial on creating inner peace through any way that naturally and authentically works for us, that is where our body resets. That is where we, we create health. 
It is hard to be healthy in life when you think everything around you is poison. That comes from judgment of other people, of circumstances, of jobs, of, of ways of living, um, political stuff. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of places that we can direct that phrase. And so in your life, just keep that one on the tip of your tongue. Without further ado, here is Peter Winslow. Hey, Peter Winslow, good to see you. Hey, Skyler. Yeah, great to be with you again, man. You're looking good today. Thanks. You are too. Life's good, huh? Life is good, my yeah. friend. Yeah. Very good. So today's episode, once again, thank you again for being here. I have realized something pretty important. It's a phrase that's come up a lot in my personal coaching, and I'm excited to get your thoughts on it. And the phrase is this, that it's hard to be healthy in life when we think everything around us is poison. And I find myself saying this a lot to people with AS. And I recognize that in my history, my journey of reclaiming my life from pain, I went through a couple phases. One of them was, was a ton of fear around the diagnosis and what it meant for my future. Then I immediately fell into this several year period of where I thought everything was toxic. And the best thing for me to do was avoid all these foods and all these people and all these environments that I felt were toxic. And with your help, I transitioned out of those first two phases into more acceptance and letting go of the stress that even those two previous phases were putting me in. So in your coaching, Peter, and in your life, do you find that avoidance is key in maintaining good health? No, actually, absolutely the opposite, as you rightly pointed out. In fact, life always operates as a mirror and the world is a mirror to what we're experiencing internally. So if you think the world is a dangerous place and everybody's out to get you, that's what you're going to see and that's what you're going to experience. Mm. And if you think the opposite, that the world is a supportive place and that it's good and, and reasonable and loving, then that's what you're going to find. And it always mirrors back to us what it is that we're being. So that's what people need to understand. And, and that's part of what I do primarily in coaching is help people understand that being is the same as receiving. What you're being leads to what you receive. So avoidance, if you're being avoidant, you're spending a lot of your energy trying to protect yourself instead of using that same currency of energy to gain more love, more joy, more prosperity, more wealth, health, and happiness. And so unfortunately people don't realize that and they keep looking at what they don't want and creating more of what it is that they don't want when they're looking for toxicity. So as you said, that's what you were doing when you came to me and you know, you go to places like restaurants or food fairs where you couldn't eat anything because you thought it was all toxic. Yeah. But was it really toxic or are, are you able to eat it now? I can eat, I can eat it now, totally. So was it really toxic or was it your impersonation of toxicity and being that state of mind that created the issues in your life? Absolutely, it was the, it was the belief that all those things were toxic and, and the mindset that mindset was what was toxic, not the foods, not the French toast. The French toast is not toxic. The French toast is actually quite enjoyable. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So now you recognize that. Yeah. But you had been told you were trying to do uh, what you could to help yourself through avoidance. And the main thing that you were attempting to avoid, Skylar, the same thing that most others are as well, is the pain. Mm -hmm. Stop the pain. So now we have these toxic foods. Yeah, there's a lot of toxic food out there, you know, and especially in our fast food culture, you're going to see a lot of that. But if you have a healthy immune system, you can eat whatever you want and you won't have issues with it. Now, I'm not recommending that people eat fast food all day long. No, that's not smart either. This is not a license for ignorance, as I'm often to say. However, you can eat whatever you want when you're feeling good and healthy about yourself. And when you are feeling that health, and wellness, then you're more likely to eat well anyway. But it isn't the food and the toxicity in that food that you're really trying to avoid. It's the pain that they're going to 
great lengths to try to get out of their life. And so they're spending their energy focused on that subconsciously, if not also consciously. And we always get more of what we are creating for ourselves internally. The world mirrors it back to us. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's no uh, scientific and medical cure for these chronic conditions of pain and, and suffering that people are in because they're just working with the body only. And it's the mind that's involved at the very root of the situations that create the issues that cause imbalance in the body. Mm -hmm. So if you're spending your time trying to avoid certain things, that's energy that you could be using to gain love and joy and prosperity and happiness that you're just furthering away in avoidance and fear. Yeah. So everybody has a choice. And they need to know what their choices are and act accordingly. Yeah. And it really was a lot of energy. When I was really in the thick of, of the avoidance phase, I mean, it was very isolating for one, because there were certain people I didn't want to hang out with, certain environments I didn't want to go to. And then the food component was huge. I, I couldn't eat out with friends. I couldn't do a lot of different things. And, and I became very suspicious of food. And to what you said before, like, you know, we, we get more of what we're focused on. And when my focus was on avoiding all the things I thought were bad, I kept on finding more things that I was suspicious were bad. They became bad then, didn't they? Yeah. Or, imagination. or they became at least a, an area of, of stressful focus of like my, my system being on high alert of like, watch out for non-organic olive oil or something like that. And just one thing to the next, to the next. Right. So now you, re you recognize the fallacy of that approach. It's not even necessary. People don't understand how life works. I'll just go right to the point and hit you right between the eyes. <laughs> what you're being determines what you're experiencing. And people don't understand what that means and how that operates in their lives. So they're being resistant and they're being avoidant and they're being negative and they're having negative mindsets. And so they're creating more and more of that in their lives. So in the last 20 years or so, there's been a big focus on what people call the law of attraction. And all these people think that this is this tool that they're gonna to use to get what they want. And for 99.9% .9 of them, it doesn't work because they're not changing what they're being. The real law of attraction goes like this. It's called the law of identity. And it goes like this. In life, we don't get what we want. We get what we are. So have you ever noticed that when you want something, you don't have it? And as soon as you get it, you don't want for it anymore? You've got it. Yeah. Notice that? Yeah. That's the explanation of the law of attraction. If you want something, you're separating yourself from it. If you're being that state, then it comes to you easily and effortlessly, like you know, health, wealth, and joy, and love, and happiness. If you're being happy and loving and healthy, then you're going to experience those things more and more. And you're going to create more opportunities for that in your life. And there's more to understand about that, which is what I teach in my classes and coursework. But that's the basic gist of how it works. We get what we are. And if you're being resistant and afraid and trepidatious and confused and painful and difficult, you're going to create more of that in your life. Mm -hmm. That's what people are doing. And then lo and behold, wow, there is no cure. Well, the cure is within them and it begins with changing their mindset. Well, I can clearly, I can clearly see that law of identity taking place in my life in a couple areas. One with the avoidance. When I was, when I was very avoidant, I was being very fearful. I was being very afraid of all these things. I was avoiding them from fear. And that right. wasn't the feelings of empowerment and freedom that I wanted. So you didn't have what you wanted because you wanted it and you were not being free and, and healthy. Yeah, yeah. And the word free, like what you just said there. I remember, I remember hanging out with some of my guy friends one time and, and I, they all went to go get McDonald's. And <laughs> I didn't actually want McDonald's, but I wanted the option. Like, I don't, I don't actually want to go eat some fries right now, but like, damn it, I want the option to be able to. <laughs> yeah, I understand that freedom freedom yeah 
Yeah. Well, you found it. You're there. Totally. Yeah. Being where I'm at now with it, it is, I can sense how much more peace is in my whole nervous system around food, around other people, around all these things I think used to be toxic. I just, I don't have that anymore. The charge is gone. And now when I see other people struggling with thinking that everything around them is toxic, I can pretty clearly see that it puts them in a heightened state of stress. Makes them toxic. And that, that, that mindset, and it's, just, it's filled with stress. And that's how most people live their lives in quiet desperation, going through life from one experience to the next, creating more stress in their lives until finally maybe they're resurrected or, uh, you know, led to uh, some sort of uh, epiphany that changes their life. Mm -hmm. If that ever happens, people are stressed to the hilt nowadays. And so in my first book, I talk about that. And in my second book also, I also talk about the chemical exchanges that occur in the body and brain when you're feeling these things and how the emotions affect you physically and chemically. And so it's the fight or flight mechanism, right? That's stress, fight, flight, or freeze is basically the, the analogy that people are using uh, when they encounter a stressful situation. Mm -hmm. And that's been with us since, you know, primitive times when we had to fight saber-toothed tigers or walk 100 miles at a time to hunt food. You use that same chemical response. But today, instead of fighting a tiger, it's a deadline or the uh, impression of some sort of painful condition that is incurable that they're fighting and trying to flee from. And they just create more and more of that stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's time that people realize what's really going on here and reverse the cause of their condition, which is that unresolved emotional stress that's at the deepest levels of their consciousness that they may not even be aware of. You don't have to go find it or figure it out or fix it. Simply have to make peace with it. Mm -hmm. And that's the first step to real relief from stress and illness. In my experience, I can see how it kind of shifted from a pattern of a lot of self-judgment, of thinking I wasn't good enough and, and a lot of that shame cycle. It, it just transitioned into, into food and avoidance. That same sort of heightened fight or flight response of, of looking for threats and stress, it, it shifted. And I think that for me, it was freeing my mind from that chatter of, of toxicity and self-judgment that um, was the, the releasing of the stress. Like what that's exactly about. right, Sky. Yeah. That's exactly the path. Yeah. And that's what everybody with AS that I've worked with ever has in common. They all at the very basis of their self-image and who they believe they are, the conceptual self, as well as who they think they are in the world based on I am not enough. Mm -hmm. And that simple belief changes the patterns in their brain, which changes the chemistry that comes from the brain into the body cascading as a flow of chemicals that create the issues of imbalance in the immune system, which leads to the inflammation and then the pain. But instead they're just trying to fight the pain, just make the pain go away. Yeah. So if you can reverse the I am not enough, and I can show you how to do that rapidly like I showed you, mm -hmm. well, then that changes everything, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That state of I am not enough immediately puts us in that fight or flight response. If we're not feeling like we're enough, then we're also not feeling strong enough to fight off a tiger or to make that deadline or to have that hard conversation with our boss or whatever it is. And it's that same chemical hormonal response that you previously mentioned. Yeah, which draws our energy into I'm guilty. I'm uh, you know, ashamed of myself. I'm low vibrational frequency. I'm a piece of crap, whatever it is. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not healthy enough. 
there's something broken with me. I am not good enough. I'm not enough. Yeah. That's the cause of AS. Yeah. Man, I like just hearing you sort of rattle off some of those narratives. If I'm not pretty enough, I'm not enough, blah, blah, blah. I was so in that and it was freaking miserable, man. <laughs> it was not fun. And, and I didn't know any different. I was just living my life. And those the were reflected back to you in kind, exactly what you were feeling and being and believing there you saw in your world surrounding you. Oh, totally. Yeah. Everything I, became toxic. For sure. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. What a different world. What a different body I have. What a different mindset I have. Like my life is completely different since I, I don't, I don't carry that heaviness around like I used to. Yeah, that's the image of the resurrection. I mean, don't you feel like you're a phoenix coming from the ashes into a whole new empowerment? 100%. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. That's what we've done. And that's what we show others how to do and lead them to. Yeah. Yeah. What could be more valuable? What could be more rewarding in life? It's priceless. Yeah. And it's within everyone's grasp. Yeah. I, um, I got a, a video, uh, someone sent me a video that I've been working with and I, I put it online last night and I titled it like, here's to what millions and millions and millions of people are possible of doing. And it's, it's someone kind of talking about her story, very similar to how I'm talking about mine now. And there are those possibilities in everyone. Well, we've proven that and we recognize and understand how it works and operates. So people are looking to us for how do you do this? Mm -hmm. And it isn't even a matter of how to do it because it isn't a matter of doing. This is the main delineation that I want people to understand. There are two conditions of the human psyche and we could say two aspects of the human condition that create what we get in life. And the first one is what we're being, and the second one is what we're doing. So these things are mutually exclusive. Being leads to doing, but being and doing are not the same thing. Being does not require doing to exist. You can be a human being doing nothing and still be. You can be comatose and still be. You can be in a state of catalepsy where you can't move and you're still being. Doing on the other hand, does require being. If there's no human being, then there's nothing doing. There's no, nothing going on. Yeah. So recognize the difference between what you're being and what you're doing and recognize how that operates in your life. And that's how you begin this journey of letting go of what no longer serves you and being consistent with what it is you'd like to experience, which is, I think, what I'm talking about in today's uh, Habits That Heal. I think it's number 18 today, isn't it? Yeah. Number 18, free your mind. Right. Okay. So introducing Winslow's Habits That Heal lesson number 18, free your mind. Freeing yourself from a negative mindset happens naturally when you accept that the only thing chaining you to that mindset and its misery is simply a matter of what you're focused on. Stop resisting life and get into the flow of its currency. This means you stop fighting with what you don't want and focus your full attention on what you really desire. Then watch with excitement as your health, your wealth, your love, joy, happiness, and your world begin to change for the better. In fact, get started right now. Begin here. Form an image, a thought, a concept in your mind of who you are, when you are at your very best, fully free of resistance, struggle, and stress. Now, feel the self-confidence and self-esteem you'll have when you arrive at this most cherished and priceless goal. Imagine finally being free from pain and suffering and pay close attention to how good that feels. Stick with this new feeling. See yourself getting better and feel it every chance you get. The more you focus on this healthier version of yourself, the better you'll feel. The better you feel, the more motivated you'll get. And the more motivated you are, the more empowered you'll be. This is a winning attitude that quickly improves every aspect of your life.
And it's pretty simple, really. You're going right to the, to being. That's exactly right. Feeling and being are the same. In fact, if you want to know what you're being in every given moment, you ask yourself two questions. Because recognize that what you're being leads to what you're thinking, which leads to what you're doing and what you're saying, and then what you're receiving in life as a result of what you're being, thinking, speaking, and doing. Mm-hmm. So remember, it all begins with being, and being is exclusive from doing, but thinking, speaking, and acting are all aspects of doing. So what we're being leads to what we're thinking and being and thinking are internal experiences that lead to what we're speaking and doing in the world, which are external. So that becomes the effect of the cause, which is internal. And then all of this together leads to what we're receiving. So if you wanna know what you're being in any given moment, because that leads to everything you'll experience in life, here's what you do. Ask yourself two questions, and this will reveal what you're being. The first question is this, who am I? And that question is always answered with an I am statement. I am blessed, I am gifted, I am talented, I am loving life. That's question one, who am I? Not the label that's stuck on you as your name, that's not who you are, it's not what you're being. That's just a label that we use to identify in the world. But what are you actually being? It's who am I? And the second question, what am I feeling right now in this now moment? That's how you know what you're being in any given moment. Who am I and what am I feeling right now? And what you're feeling gives off of a vibe. People can feel your vibration. If you're angry and you're frustrated and you're frenetic and you're violent, people can feel that. They can sense that just by looking at you, just by being in your presence. They feel your vibe, man. It's called the vibrational frequency. And if that sounds a little too woo-woo for some of us or some of you out there, just call it this, your attitude. Your attitude is a vibe. It's what you're being. So more to the point, who am I and what am I feeling right now identifies what you're receiving next, what's coming to you next. And everything you're receiving now is a product of what you've been done and thought in the past. Mm-hmm. So if people understood this and they could manifest and manufacture anything that they wish to experience in life. This is the secret to how life works. I call it immaculate reception because it operates by law 100% of the time, by natural law. There's never a time when it's not operational. Being, thinking, speaking, doing lead to what we're receiving by law 100% of the time. That's how life works. Now get in alignment, do the exercises and the uh, techniques that get you into alignment and you'll be able to experience anything that you can believe in. That's how it operates. Yeah. And I've used those lessons in my life profoundly and I can acknowledge like, and I can see where the avoidance stuff came into my life so severely because at that time I was, I was being someone who was afraid and my entire focus was on what do I do to get better? I saw 10 different practitioners and they would tell me 10 different things. And all of a sudden there, there are 10 rules of, of what's good and bad and right and wrong that I'm trying to follow. And for me, all the while, like deep inside, I felt like those weren't the answers. What were you being in that moment? You were being confused. Uh, Yeah, that's the word I was going to use. I was being confused. And does that feel good? Does it feel light or does it feel heavy? (laughs) It doesn't feel good. No, it's heavy. What were you feeling right now? Tells you what you were being in that moment. What you were feeling in that moment tells you what you were being in that moment. You were being afraid and confused and that's stressful and stress leads to more inflammation and pain. Mm -hmm. And that's the story for 99% of the people listening to this podcast, I would imagine. Yeah. Being given this information from practitioners that varies wildly from person to person. Mm -hmm. So we all have to find our own path. Yeah, for me, one of the the reasons why I continued to search for answers and ultimately find the mind-body connection was because none of the practitioners agreed. 
I would find experts in the field at whatever, and none of them agreed even remotely. And so for years I was confused and I was in pain and I was angry. And finally I started getting involved in the mind body stuff before I found you, but some of those things started like people actually agreed on something. And then I found you and like you agreed with all of that and you had healed from AS and you understood that process. And all of a sudden everyone was finally agreeing. <laughs> and I was like, yes, there are answers there. And it felt, it felt wonderful. So you got into the flow, as I put in the uh, habit that heals number 18, the currency of life. You got into the river of life and went with the flow. Yeah. And it took some practice and it took some guidance. And I was able to free my mind from all that clutter and confusion of what other people were telling me I was supposed to do to get better. And that was, you know, like bless their hearts. They're all doing the best they could based on what they know, but none of them affected how I was really feeling inside. That's what you did. And that's where healing, in my opinion and experience comes from. Yeah, well, people don't know how life works. What the practitioners are paid to do is teach you how to fight. Mm -hmm. And we can give you drugs and treatments to fight this pain and suffering, but there's no cure. Let's just fight until you die. Yeah. Instead, you learned how to go with the flow of life and get out of resistance and into the currency of love, joy, and peace of mind. And it all, it's so very simple. It's so, it's not complicated at all. All you did was discover that you are enough as you are and as you are becoming. And that began the process. Yeah. Yeah, I started to be nicer to myself. And it's crazy how hard that was. Like, like simple concepts you were giving me, but I had, I had patterns to overturn. And part of me wishes I would have found it sooner, but at the same time, like I, I trust my process in life and I'm grateful that I had found it at still a pretty young age of about 25 years old. And uh, I just come back to gratitude a lot for knowing these things. So when you're being grateful and you're feeling gratitude right now, does that feel good? Yes. So that's what I teach is how to feel good. That's what everybody wants anyway. In the end, they all want to feel good. So let's focus on that instead of fighting what we don't want. Mm -hmm. And that's in the Habits That Heal today as well. Freeing ourselves from those old thought patterns that don't feel good they do happen naturally when we change our focus. For me, I went from fighting, fighting, fighting and avoidance of pretty much everything to focusing on coaching with you, Peter. I was like, all right, I'm gonna throw all that other crap out the window and just focus on what Peter has to say. So what we're actually doing in that step to change the focus is we're simply changing the language of self-talk. Mm -hmm. That's where we begin. Change your language. Yeah. yeah. So you have to know how to do that and, and do it properly and stick with it. Like you said, it's a process and you had to get used to these new habits, but it's well worth it and it doesn't take long. Yeah. Change of mindset. And then, like you said, you had specific uh, tools for me to employ regarding language and it helped it helps start to sort of break the focus and the I'm not good enough narrative that was in my head. So how did you change from I'm not enough to I am enough? That's a change in language. It's a change in your self-talk, but it doesn't work unless it's true. You can tell yourself all you want, something that isn't true and it's not gonna happen. That's what people are trying to do with the law of attraction. You know, they're telling themselves, I'm a decamillionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm rich, I'm wealthy. And it never sticks because deep inside, they're not being the wealth. Somewhere inside, there's a program that says, yeah, but my bank account's empty. What am I going to do? The bills are due. So yeah. they're not being consistent with their language. So it doesn't take, it doesn't stick. So we go from step-by-step-by-step step procedures into changing that self-talk. And that's where we begin this process of healing the mind-body continuum. Mm -hmm. 
So that's how we change our mindset is by changing our language. Yeah. So listen to this. I'll give you an example. Okay. I'm going to say the same four words to you twice. Tell me what they mean to you. And if it's, you know, the same four words, here it is. What do you want? Now I'll say it again. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. Such a big difference there. The second one has so much attitude with it. It's basically like a screw you. <laughs> the same four words in a change of, of uh, emphasis changes everything. Yeah. And people need to realize that they're, they're program, programming their thoughts through the language that they use. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first tool that we began to employ. Yeah. That's how you change the mindset. That's such a big one. I can look back and I can see that the words I was using, I was basically living the life I was telling myself I was living. And it had a lot of emotional pain in it. And it had a lot of I'm not good enough and it had a lot of I want to prove myself. And it, it didn't, it looked like, you know, it allowed me to, to be an achiever, to pursue things, to be good at what I was doing. But inside it was, it was driven by emotional pain. So what were you being? Negative, unworthy, self-judgmental, self-abusive. And all those things kept proliferating in your life. And the more you experienced that, the more of it came to you. And so yeah. when, we get, when we get into the uh, practical, we go beyond the practical into the metaphysical, there's operations that are occurring on subconscious levels that we're not aware of. And that's what ultimately has to be refocused and changed. Because once you change what you're being, then you attract different circumstances and resources and people into your life. That's how you attracted me into your life. Mm -hmm. found me online and everything changed mm -hmm. so it's largely subconscious in fact almost everything we do 99.999 percent of everything that we do is subconscious anyway so people are being afraid and they don't know it they're trying to be brave they're trying to fight they're trying to stand up to their conditions and do the best they can because that's what other people told them to do that's where their values have been established in their families or their communities or their medical practitioners have told them, you know, we're going to fight this. We're going to stand up and be brave and fight all the way down. So that's all they know how to do. And when you fight against yourself, which is what you're doing if you're fighting an illness, when you fight against yourself, who wins? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it remains incurable and you're not enough and so forth and so on. And that's where most people are. But then everybody realizes, and when I say everybody, I mean about 95% of people, there's always exceptions to everything, but 95% of people are looking for answers because they're tired of the status quo telling them this is what we do and this is all you can do and these are your limitations and this is what you can expect and this is the only path for you to take. They're looking beyond that now and realizing what's really going on here is subconsciously occurring in their lives as cause and effect. What they're being is leading to what they're experiencing in life. Mm -hmm. That's what they need to discover and understand. Yeah. And they're all searching, 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 looking, seeking. And that's where for me, it was so important to get coaching really on the whole thing. Cause not many people are talking about that. No, like so few people understand that. And that's what makes the difference. That's what makes people like me be able to be totally like out of pain from AS. Completely. Yeah. And nobody's talking about that as you rightly pointed out because they don't understand this. I studied so many different disciplines to get to this point of awareness. You know, a lot of this is coming from Raja yoga, which is mental yoga, mental training. Mm -hmm. How to change mindsets and the discovery of the true self and who I am and what my path is here. And I've studied Mahayana Buddhism, which is the middle way without resistance, non-resistance is one of the main tenets of what I'm teaching people that leads them to freedom from pain and suffering, which is what Buddhism is all about. 
Well, how many of your practitioners have studied Raja and Buddhism? They probably, you know, maybe some of them have, but they probably haven't drawn the correlations. And that's just the beginning. There's so much more. Tantra is another one, another philosophy. Uh, the Kabbalah talks about this stuff. And so after I finished my studies of anatomy and physiology and pathology and psychology and, and neurolinguistics and communication skills and cognitive behavioral therapy and all that stuff I studied, I went into meta models of metaphysics where I learned these truths. That's why nobody's talking about it and why people have a hard time figuring it out. There's nothing to figure out. That's a teaching of Tantra yoga. There's nothing that shouldn't be. Everything is as it is. So stop fighting what is and get in alignment with what is and get your attitude on straight and it leads you to what you experience in life. You can create anything you want when you get in alignment with what you're being, thinking, speaking, doing, and receiving. It works like magic. It just works, incredibly so, but people don't understand that. So they're being one way and thinking another, or they're saying one thing and doing another, or they're thinking one thing and saying another, and they're out of alignment with the true self. So they establish more and more suffering for themselves. By law, it has to operate that way. This is immaculate reception. What you're being, thinking, speaking, and doing lead to what you're receiving. And I don't know any doctors who teach that. No. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. I'm teaching people how to have love, joy, and peace of mind, and then be kind to themselves and how to go from there to repairing the damage in the body through neuroplasticity. And it works. It sure does. <laughs> and behold. Yeah. Yeah. So when I get people who say, I'm going to figure this out, I think, okay, well, it took me about 25 years. It took me 10 years to do it, but I didn't understand exactly what I had done. But I simply changed who I was and what I was being, thinking, speaking, and doing without recognizing that that's what I was doing. And it worked. I, I did it through bodybuilding and meditation. That's how I overcame AS. Took a year after I began the practice, but I reinvented myself at the cellular level and I used creative imagery techniques and meditations to be able to convince my body to produce the cellular structures that would be healthy so that the disease cells would fall off and drop away without producing more diseased cells. I reinvented myself at the cellular level, which is something that Joe Dispenza talks a great deal about nowadays. So he's talking about some of, some of these concepts as well. Uh, and, and after I healed and felt no pain any longer and was completely recovered from AS, I went back to school and you know, spent 20 years studying, how did I do what I did? I originally wanted to go to med school. So I took pre-med courses, anatomy, physiology, pathology, and psychology, and discovered that there's no healing there. They don't talk about healing in those practices and disciplines. They talk about treatment and how to prescribe medications. Yeah. So I dropped from that and went into behavioral sciences and behavior modification specialty and worked as a naturopathic uh, adjunct therapist in a clinic and continued my studies. So when people say, I'm going to figure this out, I say, well, give yourself about 20 years and you'll get there. Yeah. Or you can talk to somebody like me and get it in eight hours. <laughs> yeah. You can coach with Skylar Denton and find out for yourself without all that hard legwork. Yeah. Well, good words, Peter. And, and would you say at this point that we're coming up on time here, would you agree that avoidance is not healing? Avoidance is fear-based. So anything fear-based moves us away from feeling good. And what moves us away from feeling good creates stress and that stress creates more inflammation and pain in the body. Yeah. So the answer to me is pretty obvious. And that flow chart that I just laid out there, avoidance leads to pain. Yeah. And we want people to feel good again. That's the point. That's all you got to do. <laughs> That's what everybody wants. So they're all trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah. And that that shows the uh, the unawareness of what's actually happening happening here. You change what you're being. Doing has nothing to do with it. Change what you're being, and then what you're doing follows suit automatically. So how do I? You know, I, I tell people all you got to do is feel good and be happy. And they're like, well, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. There's yeah. nothing to do. You just be the state. 
So what do you think is easier? Trying to do something so that you can get something that you want that you don't have, or just choosing to be it anyway? What if you could just be happy anyway? Yeah. It'd be a lot easier than trying to do something to feel good enough about yourself to get something that you think you can't get and go through all that mental gyration and gymnastics of trying to create something that you don't have and that you're not being. Is it easier to go through all that process or is it easier just to be happy mm -hmm. and then see how life changes? Mm -hmm. So in that uh, Habit That Heals today, I, te I teach and I talk about how to be happy. Yeah. Begin now. And it's when we get there, when we're feeling good, then the pain goes away by itself. Exactly right. Because the stress is mollified. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, Peter. Well, thank you. Thank you for this, this free your mind information. It's, it's really helpful and it's to the point for sure. There's no bullshit. Uh, in it. It's right to the core for sure. Yes, grasshopper. <laughs> it's right to the point. Well, thank you for having me on. It was good to be with you again today. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. It's, it's great to be able to, to chat and to talk about these things. And, and I'm similar to you in the sense that, like, after you healed from AS, you became fascinated at the study of, like, what, what did I do? Like, how did I, how did I make that change in my life? What happened? And I'm, like, this podcast is, is part of me kind of researching how the changes happened in my life led to where I am now. And it makes more sense to me the more I do this and the better I am at, at teaching others. So it's fun. It's, it's a great, it's a great show, man. Thank you. I love what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I will see you again soon. And thank you for your wisdom today. Much appreciated on behalf of myself and, and everyone else that's listening. We're grateful. Be well, my friend. See you soon. All right. See you, Peter. Okay, welcome back everyone. So I want to give you all an example. It's something that I've thought about a lot of. I recognize how it happened in my life and it's something that I see play out in a lot of other people's lives who are working towards healing from AS. And it is going to a grocery store when we are currently avoiding a lot of foods. So our conscious mind can perceive a certain amount of information per second. And it's not really a lot. It's the cognitive thinking part of our mind that, that we are aware of. We can, we can pay attention to the thoughts, the colors, the pictures, the sounds, all that. Our subconscious mind processes a tremendous amount of information per second. It is, to my knowledge, the most comprehensive and fast supercomputer in the known universe. And so, what it does is it's constantly perceiving things in the world around us. And a lot of what it does is it, look for, it looks for threats. It wants to keep us safe. And if, for example, we are avoiding a number of different foods, as we walk through a grocery store, all those foods that we see, whether it's just a quick glance or we stop and actually look at it, all of that is reinforcement that, oh, we're avoiding that because we're sick, because that food can hurt me. And it feeds back to that phrase I said earlier of, it is hard to be healthy in life when you think everything around you is poison. And I was the worst at this. I was on so many diets. <laughs> I wasn't eating starch. I wasn't eating anything that wasn't organic. I was following just a very strict protocol of shoulds and should nots. And it was all coming from a bunch of different people. So there were, there were a bunch of different protocols I was following. And I started to really think that all these things were toxic and that I couldn't have them in my life because they were bad for me. And all that really did was heighten the level of stress that I was living in and cause my body to not do what I wanted to, which was to get out of pain. It actually created more stress and more pain. So where you can create the peace through, like I said earlier, any authentic way. That is where healing is gonna come from. That is where the body does the magic and rebalances itself. And I don't know of a way that I could have done this faster, 
had it not been connecting directly with Peter, that was one of the biggest, if not the biggest game changer in my life regarding the direction my life was going to take from a life of disability to a life of health and empowerment and coaching and, and fostering and like helping people create way better lives than they had before. So that is what I want you all to sit with today. There's a lot of knowledge in this. Peter's habit number 18 has a ton of content in it. Re-listen to the episode. There are certainly little jewels in this kind of content that you won't hear the first time. And so uh, come back, listen again, learn, grow, ask for help, ask for guidance. That's why we're here. And let yourself open up to, to new possibilities. Like I said, I was headed to and towards a life that I thought was going to be filled with disability, disability insurance, <laughs> unemployment checks, and I am living the exact opposite life right now where I feel strong, I feel confident physically and mentally, and all of it came from understanding stress and how ankylosing spondylitis was actually a gift because it woke my butt up to make some changes that were quite simple, quite fun, and led to a lifestyle that I absolutely love. With that, sending all of you guys good vibes, <laughs> lots of fun, a playful spirit. And uh, I'm grateful to be able to share my wisdom and my experience with a lot of people who are embracing it, making changes, and inspiring others at the same time. Much love, everyone. I'll see you again very soon.